Hey there, folks, and welcome back to the Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at xmaserati. Follow the show at gc underscore cast. Hit up our Gmail, graveconsequencespodcast at gmail.com. The recording date is May 3rd. May 3rd, folks. And uh, let's see here. We are here to review Season 1, Episode 38 of Lucha Underground. The title is Ultima Lucha, Part 1. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to give it a alternate title of any sort. I think we're going to keep the next two episodes just the same, you know, Ultima Lucha and Ultima Lucha Part 2. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, Greg, um, let's see here. Monday night, don't want to do, do too much preamble because, you know, we did a lot of preamble on, I told you this off air, the Hellboy episode we, ta- we, tri- we tried to record, did over like an hour worth of audio and none of it recorded somehow. I mean, I, I'm, I think I told you this, but I'm, I'm so sick of uh, the scheduling issues we're having, it's not because of anyone's fault, because it's just because my schedule's shit. Like this week I'm on call and yeah. we just have the opposite schedule of each other. Like you work nights and weekends. I work weekdays. Yeah. Uh, I Because I really wanted to be on Hellboy. I wanted to yeah. be on. Uh, I wanted to like I'm not just saying it like I wanted to be on these episodes. I just can't commit to anything like I wanted to be on the league. You're doing the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, there's been a lot of movies you reviewed that I could have been on your show and I, but I couldn't. Yeah, no, and we want to have you back on for sure, but you know, things have to work out and we can't necessarily like, no offense to anyone who guests on the show. We, we value anyone who will show up, but we can't necessarily move heaven and earth to get people on the show because if so, we may not have a show week to week. Oh, no doubt. I'm just saying like, I wish I could. Uh, you know, be on the schedule you got. Like, I wish I could be more available. Yeah. That's the uh, yeah. issue. Well, you so see, I love superhero is, movies. The trick is me winning the lotto, like Mega Million Jackpot, and moving us three into a house to where we can podcast together all the time. I would just take some money so I could quit my job, and then I would just do Skype with you. Yes, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. So, folks, we are here. We're finally here. Part one of the season finale. We see Dario Cueto in the back, and he's asking a caged Black Lotus if she wants champagne. And uh, she kind of pretty much hates that offer. And Dario goes on to talk about his brother, and he talks about how, you know, Matanza may be a pit bull, but pit bulls aren't dangerous by nature. And Dario then claims that El Dragon Azteca was actually responsible for the death of Black Lotus's parents. Quite a twist. And you know what? I gotta I gotta say, Dario's show he just shows up downstairs in his prison <laughs> in his arena that we've already established that every, you know, uh, authority figure in wrestling, like Bubba, Bubba Ray Dudley, like you know he had a prison underneath Rig of Honor. Yep. Uh this this dude came down in a tux, right? Yeah. With some bubbly. And there's some logistical questions I have that you know you can't have these questions when you're a wrestling fan, but What's he planning on doing with her? He's not the law. Is he just going to keep her in jail forever? Is he going to kill her? It's been a long season. Yeah. What's going on? Who knows, man? That These are great questions. But, okay, so even, like, watching this first first watch, and, you know, whether or not it's it's BS or not, we'll find out. But, like, I when Dario was like, oh, yeah, El, El Dragon Azteca is actually the reason your dad, your your parents are dead. 
I never bought that. I was like, oh, so Dario Cueto's just lying to people again. That's cool. Should we? I think I know, and this is my memory, so I think I know the answer. Should I spoil it, or uh, should I keep it to myself? Yeah, keep it to yourself. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, part of me is not invested at all anyway, but it is yeah. kind of like a, uh, this isn't spoiling it, but it's kind of like, oh, okay, uh, you've kept me in prison for so long, and now you're telling me like, oh, now you're telling me uh, Matanza didn't do it. Yeah. Would you buy I, it? If that's the case, why am I in prison? Um in the first place like why are you so obsessed with you know like why is me being here a problem what what's the like if if your brother is not responsible for my parents death you can just tell me that you know well and then like let's say like you killed my family and then i find you and you're like oh i didn't kill your family it was uh and let's say one nation radio trained me to be a warrior right oh by the way (laughs) and and then you capture me and you're like oh they they're the ones that actually did it am i just gonna stop believing what i've believed forever with no evidence who knows oh by the way folks we are keeping it strong styles favorite podcast it's true i'm glad you added that Mm -hmm. yeah young boy loves us the boss loves us everyone loves us man oh and matanza or pardon me dario adds that matanza may be a pit bull but el dragon azteca is a snake yeah maybe maybe he did do it I don't I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying it's kind of a they're kind of dropping this bombshell on us <laughs> pretty yeah, late in the like, season. Okay, look, first off, Dario Cueto clearly has no scruples. Also, Dario Cueto, he's a promoter. They lie by nature. So I'm saying I don't buy it. Well, one, how dare you? But <laughs> number two, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> So Sergio Arrua plays us in and Melissa Santos welcomes us to Ultima Lucha. We are finally here. And okay, first things first, I love the match posters hanging on the walls of the temple. I thought that was a very nice touch. It reminds me of the banners at WrestleMania 22. It's a very nice aesthetic touch. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you remember those banners from WrestleMania 22? They put up in the rafters of like, oh, hey, here's the McMahons, here's Triple H, here's Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, so on and so forth. Uh, what year was WrestleMania 22? 06. That was right after Eddie died. Yeah, I wasn't watching. Wow. Blamo. Yeah, I stopped watching in 2004, bro. I told you. You told me that. You told me that. Yeah. yeah. But hey, first match of the night, Falls Count Anywhere, Cage, and the Mac. What a freaking match, dude. Dude, this could have been a main event. This match yeah. was, uh, and I was barely uh, just breaking the fourth wall. Like, I've been kind of, I've been on call. I've been stressed with work. And I wasn't really feeling like watching it. I just had to watch it so I could prepare for the show. And this match could have been a main event. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a hardcore match. I guess it was a false count anywhere match. For some reason in my head, I thought it was a best two out of three. But no. it's a, a false count anywhere match. And and they and they were doing some... Uh, Basic moves, but in an environment that was much different. Like the bleachers were wooden, mm-hmm. so they would yeah. take backdrops on it, which looked like they sucked. Yeah, they were. Uh, I think Cage got tackled through a wall at one point. Yeah, door. Through a door. There, there was a lot of great hardcore spots that didn't involve like thumbtacks and like you know weapons per se. At, at yeah. first, 
it was just like people slamming each other into walls through through walls mm-hmm. through ceilings and it was just it was it was a, the momentum of the previous matches kind of f- flowed into this it's almost like they never stopped brawling from the last time we saw them so this doesn't just start off like a regular match it starts off like they've uh, like a blood feud should just a brawl like a fight and it's already at like a 10 in intensity between these two yeah absolutely absolutely oh by the way cage at one point grabs an extinguisher and i remember for some reason okay look the mac he he's a dark-skinned gentleman and when powder from a fire extinguisher lands on a dark-skinned gentleman it just pops me for some reason am i gonna have to edit this out no okay Why would you? i don't know i'm born in the 80s i have to check that's <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm being factual here. Like, the Mac is very dark complected. Well, we'll find out. We're already we're in the last two episodes, so I'm sure someone will tell us. Ah, no one listens to this show anyway, dude. Um, Fair <laughs> enough. Cage at one point hits Willie Mac over the head with a stop sign. This is when the weapons come into play, and my favorite part is when, uh, and I think this is shortly after the the change where the Mac slowly starts transforming into stone cold. And I, I, oh, I get the, it, it seemed like it was definitely something he wanted to do. Yes, for sure. By the way, Willie Mac, I made the comparison before in size kind of reminded me of Prince Fielder baseball player. Uh, he channels his inner Prince Fielder with the swing of a board. I missed the board <laughs> spot. <laughs> nice. Oh, Mac also hits cage with a cooler. That was awesome. Mac hits the stunner and he spits out beer as he hits the stunner. It was awesome. Yeah, he's basically and this is the first time I think we've seen him do a stunner. Am I right? Or has he done it? I believe I believe you are right. Yes, sir. If he's done it before, it maybe it might have been on some scrubs in a battle royal that I missed. Maybe he did a stunner there. Uh, But this is when he starts like drinking beer, stunning people. And he even uh, my favorite spot is when he broke a bottle over Cage's head. Oh, yeah, because it kind of goes back to, oddly enough, you know, great storytelling here, long-term storytelling here at the Temple. Uh, One of the first Cage vignettes, he's beaten up like three different people. Someone hits him with a bottle over the head, and Cage no-sells it. He's not a man. He's a machine, absolutely. Absolutely. And, by the way, the bottle doesn't affect Cage either here, for for whatever reason. Um, A suplex through the table to the outside, only two. A spine buster onto a can for two. That's what I wrote down. Yeah, you're right. That was okay. a thing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the finish comes when they are, I believe they're up on the roof above Dario's office or maybe just on a a pillar adjacent it's, it's, to it. Yeah, it's like where Angelico does his cross bodies from. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You were right, sir. But the finish comes here when Cage curb stomps Willie Mac through a cinder block and that gets Cage of the win. And you know what? I, I, I'm glad you got to the end because this is the most important part I wanted to say about this match is because the momentum started so high and the previous momentum was, you know, they would they would fight tooth and nail, but Mac would always roll them up with a pin. Uh, Mac threw everything he could at Cage and he and he couldn't pin him this time. And there was a there was bigger high spots in any of the other matches. Mm-hmm. So this made Cage look really strong because, hey, a simple pin's not working this time and everything he throws at cage won't pin him until 
Cage finally takes him out with with the cinder block. And you know what? That made Mac look strong because he also had to endure a lot. So this was a match that like the momentum, it, it didn't matter who won or lost because it took a cinder block to beat someone. And they, the, all the spots were so much better or so much higher, so much more uh, hardcore sometimes that this has made both guys look better just yeah. all around. Yeah, and it's one of those things like, you know, they didn't have to 50-50 book it. You know, Cage was the clear winner here, but both men look strong in the process. So that's that's good booking. Incredibly good. Like this is a this is a kind of a sometimes in wrestling when there's when there's a guy going against another guy, it's like the loser all the Mackley's kind of buried the people. Yeah. Like, okay, they're done. Their momentum's cut off. But this this feud did like what a perfect feud should where it just keeps escalating and escalating. And by the time they get to the blood feud end, both guys are pretty much at a main event level. They're not in the main event, but this is such an intense fight that you would pay the C for this to be the main event. So it, it built both guys up very mm-hmm. high. Yeah. So our next match of the night was for the trios titles. We had the disciples of death, uh, El Barrio del Negro, um, Trece, and oh Jesus Christ, what's the third guy's name? Sinestro El de la Sinestro Muerte? de la Muerte, maybe. Yes, yes. The Sinister so, Death. The Disciples of Death against uh, Jesse and the uh, Rippers, Evilise, Son of Havoc, and and Helico. And I'm gonna be honest, not a lot going on in this match. Um, the highlight, in my opinion, was the face-off between Evilise and Katrina. You would be right because the fans were into it, mm-hmm. uh, and this is Vampiro is like the I, he is a duality in this match. Like he says, first he says something about Evilise. He says they're always babying her, like talking about her opposition yeah. when they start attacking. Him, he's like, good, they're everyone else always babies her, attack her, and then later on when he starts when she starts brawling with uh, Katrina, he's like, see, she's doing her part because she's like swinging her her leg. Uh, crutch. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what did I don't know how, what she did to her leg, but she's still in crutches, and I think they wanted to take the titles off them just because she just was still hurt. You know, she can't do much. Well, I mean, you're you're right, but like you're at the season finale anyway, so you didn't necessarily have to take the the titles off of them. But you know, that being said, um. I think the biggest reason she's still hurt is because they filmed a lot in a short time period. Oh, okay. So you think it was still in the short window of time? I think it was like maybe a month or two, you know, like, I don't think it was some four months or whatever it was like on TV. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I get you. Sorry. My dog's hacking up along in the background. I don't know what she ate. It's better than her attacking you, man. I don't know. Uh, but the, that face-off between Ivelisse and uh, Katrina, that was, it was the best part in the in the yeah. in the match. And it's a shame because uh, Angelico did do a, another crossbody, yeah. not just into the ring, but this time he dove to the floor. Yes, and it no, was, it was ins- insane. That was absolutely awesome. But I have a problem with the Disciples of Death, the characters, um, in that the power of them entirely lies in the stone, and it begs the question. Why doesn't someone steal the stone from Katrina? <laughs> yeah, it's something someone should do, and and that would the stone was the major focal point of the match because that's how uh, Katrina starts getting getting got by uh, Evilise. Evilise uh, stone colds her and is like just 
ground and pounding her on the ground until yeah. Katrina smashes the rock over her head. Yeah. I mean, Ivalice was doing the smart thing by taking away the power, but she failed. And not only that, but like the the disciples of death were pretty much nothing until Katrina lifted the stone. And they yeah, and they will continue to be that way. Uh, But they they finally won because they did what everyone else wouldn't do. They went after Ivalice. Yes. They just destroyed her. Mm -hmm. They went after the weakest link in the in the chain link fence. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, new trios champion, so that that is going to be the end of the arc for the trios titles for this season, for what it's worth. Before the main event of tonight's episode, we had a Miller Lite ad, and Vampiro liked to, was prone to tell us, Miller Lite is good beer, brother. Is that what that Because I didn't understand that thing. They just pulled out some beer and started drinking it and talking about Miller Lite. I'm like, that's cool. It was purely just ad placement, that's all. Fair enough. <laughs> but hey, next up, main event of the night. Believers Backlash. Fans revenge. This is a match I was uh really looking forward to just because of the storyline. I love mm-hmm. the story. Drago versus Hernandez. I forget because okay, look, I, I remember the last Real Heels podcast. I remember J Man and I can't remember the other guy's name right now. Forgive me. But I saw J Man. I was like, man, that's cool. I've talked to him before. Like it was pretty cool that he was on the show. Um, the big dude (laughs) who was like barely even like moving his arm when they, uh, were hitting Hernandez with the belts. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess he did a YouTube show in a hot tub. I guess that, that was a thing for what it's worth. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a, okay, look, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I feel like some of those fans at the, um, ringside because again like i said you know i'm sure they were told like hey here's what you got to do here but like by and large these aren't really quote-unquote plants but i feel like a lot of caucasian lucha underground fans have not heard of soap oh no and uh, look i am a caucasian lucha underground fan i'm the exception here sir and so are you greg are you trying to say Caucasian and you're just saying it funny? Yes, I am saying it funny. Yes, sir. Okay. Caucasian. Okay. I heard it said that way once on, I think, uh, SVU maybe. All right. Yeah, for what it's worth. Uh, but no, I really like this match. <laughs> you know, um, slander of the believers aside. Well, two things that tie back to our previous episode where we were doing predictions for this match when I was talking about one – Remember, I was talking about the belts, and I said it's kind of dangerous if they're not plants because they could do, they could accidentally hit him in the head. And Hernandez will have a red strap mark on his head for like mm. the majority of the match. They get him right in the head. Uh, two, they didn't take, they never did what we thought would or we what I suggested was they beat up all the fans, a la John Cena and Randy Orton versus the rest of the WWE roster. Yeah. And, and they had these guys, they only picked like a few people, not a few, but they got like 12 people and they surrounded the ring. It wasn't the first row. It was just a select group of people that were on the floor yeah. uh, around the ring. Uh, but it was still good. And, you know, Drago didn't really do a lot. If you think yeah. about it, it was really about, it came down to the, to the, the old school, like evil heel pissing off the fans, trying to prove them wrong. And then the fans getting behind the hero and the hero fighting for the fans. It was really that cliche, but it was fun. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's one of those like, look, 
I like Hernandez in this season. I really did. But chickens had to come home to roost at some point, dude. And there was a lot of pro-dragon propaganda dropped by Vampiro. And I don't know if that's a Juggalo <laughs> thing. But, you know, he was spitting a lot of, like, you know, if you don't believe in dragons, you're an asshole. Like, stuff like stuff like that. And it's like, wow, man, you're definitely taking a side here. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of offended. It's not offended. good journalism. No, it's not. It's, it's very biased. I'll say that. Yes. But, uh, hey, that's what most journalism is now. <laughs> well, they said one of the guys looked like he was from Counting Crows, and I didn't catch the guy. But... <laughs> Is that the, uh, oh, what's his name? David something? God, I can't remember his name. Ah, uh, the singer. Uh, I don't know. Damn it. That's escaping me. Either way. No, I really enjoyed this match, even though, like I said, old uh, big fella, hot tub guy, he was not. And I'm not saying you got to lay your, lay your shots in, but like he was barely moving his arm. No, it, they someone got him Hernandez in the face, and then the rest were kind of just like you know, going through the motions, I guess. Or were, were, weren't trying to hurt him, like you know, yeah. they weren't doing much. I mean, it was a fun, it was a spectacle, but it was a great spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I love, I love Drago pulling out the nunchucks. By the way, yeah, I liked his safety nunchucks that were in foam, <laughs> <laughs> and that broke when they were striking Hernandez. Yes. And he had to improvise. And there was a few moments, wrestling-wise, where Hernandez and Drago weren't on the same page. Like, they were out out of sync. Um, and that happens to Drago specifically a lot. Like, it was happening with Mill. It happened here. And it was just a, a big, you know, giant killer type of style versus a ninja, which is like, he's like a ninja luchador dragon. And it was still fun, though. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, my God. But Drago eventually puts Hernandez through a table. But that same dive in the ring, and Drago gets the win. So Drago, after not once but twice having matches stolen from him by Hernandez, he gets redemption. He earned it. I mean, he did lose his opportunity against Puma, I think, in Ultima Lucha 2. Okay, so he lost the uh, career versus title match, uh, which, you know, that stipulation clearly stuck against mm-hmm. Prince Puma early on in the season. And then he lost the match to Mil Muertes for the title shot at Ultima Lucha, thanks to Hernandez. And and he was promised a match at Ultima Lucha, so it's, yeah, he kind of got, he did get screwed out of that. Of course he did. I mean, come on, we're talking about, like, of course, look, if anyone, if Dario Cueto is going to screw anyone, it's going to be the shit dragon. I mean, yeah. I, th- yeah. I do. I just stick, stick to my claim that I think he saw something in Drago and he tried to, you know, test him to see if he deserved his respect. And he failed, unfortunately, because he stacked a deck against him. He set him up to fail. Yeah. But uh, I, there there were hints that that uh, Cueto did want him to win. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But OK, so after that and after the little bit of post game from the commentary team, we see El Dragon Azteca walking the streets and he runs into unidentified man. We know who it is, but, you know, the live audience at the time did not. But anyway, he, he you know, he, he's begging to go into the temple. And Lahomi says to him, like, hey, no, don't go in there. The prophecy says if you go in there, you're going to die. So don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and El Dragon Azteca, with all the hubris in the world, 
says, you know what? Like, no, like I have to go, man. I got to save Lotus. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And it's like, dude, like, come on. <laughs> Look, the prophecy says don't go in there. So don't do it. Don't do it. Why did you wait so long to do it? Because she's been in jail for a while, bro. Yes. Did he yes. not know? Yeah. Um, and they even said something. Uh, he said, don't do it. We'll get Puma to check on her. And I don't know if you remember our first, like one of our first episodes. I think it was the first episode. We were like, hey, that looks like it's Prince Puma. But this is a yeah. story about Azteca. Well, they, they clarified it here. It was Puma. He just, and they even said Puma brought, brought her to us before. So yeah, somehow P- Puma... <laughs> is involved and he knew about so dragon azteca prince, oh my god did prince puma initially kidnap the black lotus yeah that's what i'm saying and even though they're separate tribes uh the the dragon and the puma tribe mm-hmm. uh somehow i don't know if that was just bad editing and then this is their way of retconning it to be honest with you because that's what it seems like yeah they, they meant to have it as azteca but they filmed it with puma by mistake you know just <laughs> thinking not thinking it long term it's yeah. not a big deal. I just think it's funny that, you know, we we, we were like, no, nah, it couldn't have been Puma because that, that wouldn't make sense because he has nothing to do with the storyline. But it was. He just took the girl to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, folks, that is. Oh, by the way. Uh, yeah. All the hubris of El Dragon Azteca. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, El Dragon Azteca is a stupid man, as Chris Jericho would say. Uh, Greg, if you had to grade this, how would you grade this episode of Lucha Underground? I'd give it a B plus. I would, I would agree. Honestly, I would agree. And I would be tempted to go A minus, but that, that trios match was really disappointing, man. Yeah, they, they weren't going to be able to live up to the previous expectations. They just weren't. Unless Angelico jumps off a building, which we don't want him to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's only so much you can hide Ivelisse's inability to walk. Yes. You know, she's like Zach Galvin out there. <laughs> and that only can be fun to watch for so long, in my opinion. Um, and as you said, the 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 uh, the the where are they? The, the disciples of death. Yes, I like them. I, I like the way they wrestle, but they're not for everybody. And, and they are. That. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say they're tied to the rock. So like every match is going to be them getting their ass kicked until she lifts the rock and then magic. And if you hate like The Fiend or Bray Wyatt, you're really going to hate this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and not only that, again, it begs the question, why doesn't someone try to steal The Rock? Yeah, it's The Rock is a big deal here. And it, it, it was, I wouldn't say it's a nothing match. It's just they weren't... I think they, got, they went into it knowing they weren't going to live up to expectations. So they just said, you know, we'll just, we'll just, just get like, the belts well, off of We'll do what we can, and Helico do a dive, and we'll figure it out along the way. I mean, there's spots. There's good high spots, but it's just... Uh, and when you watch the Ivelisse versus Katrina standoff, it's actually good. Like, you get yeah. into it, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. But she gets hit with a rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gets pinned. Yeah, I've never seen a rock take down someone that hard since Whitney Houston. Oof. <laughs> My apologies. Um... Folks, that is the show. We have several other great shows you can listen to on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You know what they are. I don't have the list pulled up, so I'm not going to bother because I don't want to offend anybody. But check out the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download your podcast. 
course, we have a solo feed, the Grave Consequences podcast as well. And uh, hey, thank you for listening and God bless you.